0: Welcome to the Red Dice Diaries. This podcast is a rambling journey through the wonderful world of RPGs from the viewpoint of a longtime GM and player. The music at the start of this podcast was Nightmare by Alexander Nakarada and is used under Creative Commons license. Okay, so we're moving on to the week four questions. So. Oh God! It's, so we've only got week week four and week five to do, Lloyd. Stay with us. Okay, okay so it. question 20. Which game mechanic inspires your play the most?
1: I got this one. It's a strange mechanic, because I don't even know if this counts as a mechanic or not. Choosing your race. When I get... Not like 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 dwarf, elf, what I mean. I mean more like are you white are you black are you Caucasian are you Asian are you Hispanic uh, what part of Spain are you from because for a very long period of time pretty much every character I played was black in my head and it was only when I someone someone pointed this out to me in a mask of all things I went wait Lloyd all your characters are black you don't you never distinguish at any point you're like yep, yeah, my character's black it's the thing I do because that's what I'm used to it's in my head it's my image And I was like, no, you can play other races. Oh. So, yeah, um, strangely enough, picking the race that I'm playing as inspires my play the most.
0: Okay, Johannes.
2: It's sort of a category of mechanics, I think. So, depending on which game, uh, the the form that it takes is going to be different, but uh how is my character not good <laughs> or fl- how are they flawed um i think that's probably what i attach to the most uh when it comes to that sort of like character flavor and inspiration so like what what sort of like deficiencies do they have uh are they uh like let's say again <clears throat> like this this backslapper has no end but, um the Lamentations game that I'm playing in uh, that John is running I'm playing uh, a priest of Dagon who is really quite dumb uh, so that's that's one of my driving sources of inspiration for it uh, he' is just isn't that sharp, and I try to re- <laughs> like do the most that I can with that sort of fact, and I I think (laughs) at least I amuse myself a lot uh, with that sort of thing, but it could be any number of mechanics, uh, any sort of flaws, or if you can assign a low stat to a thing, or uh, going back to one of my favorite games of all time, Burning Wheel, uh, I could write down uh, a thing that my character believes, which is a mechanic in Burning Wheel, uh, that's just either just flat out wrong or dumb or horrific and I can pursue that and probably have some really, really awful shit happen in the game, either to my character or to others as a result of my character having this idea in their head that's just plain wrong
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me I mean, in terms of game mechanics I love any sort of system where you get like a random quirk or you get a random piece of kit or like a, a sort of a choice of a few options like um in the um the tales from the loop game you ran for as lloyd I-, I love the fact that like my character had a choice of like a-, a dog a tractor or a crowbar for like his like random item and just like being been able to sit there and laugh and be like who would take the crowbar out of these like options when you could have a tractor or just like I I love it one of my favourite things and one of the best things I think introduced in fifth edition was like the fact you all get like a random trinket in your kit and it's just some random piece of tap that might do something like a bit quirky. Like I think one of them's like a, a preserved like goblin eyeball and like it like follows you as you sort of like you move around. Does nothing else but it's just like a cool little thing that you can try and like build some of your character background along or that might come into play Um, i played in a game the term andre ran where my dwarf had a he had like a silver dog whistle as like his random thing and like when we got attacked by wolves i was like well wolves are like dogs they can hear this so i stuck it in my mouth i was just like blowing it constantly during the combat just to like distract them and try and get like a bit of an edge over them and just like that's sort of something that wouldn't have occurred to me if i hadn't got that that trinket it just gets you to like think outside the box a little bit
2: yeah it's a, it's an open question right because it gives you no context for the thing yeah. you roll and then then you have a brass board with like strange rooms on it yeah why, that's it. why do you have that thing
0: <laughs> yeah all, all it does is it's like right you've got this random thing off you go That's all it does. So I think that moves us on to question 21, which is which dice mechanic appears to you? So Johannes, do you want to fill that one?
2: Dice mechanic. Again, could use a little more definition. So um, I'm partial to, uh, well, the 2d6 from... Part by the apocalypse. I quite enjoy uh, dice pools, Uh, depending on the dice pool though, like there's a caveat there. Some dice pools are horrific because you get into the other stuff around the pool, which can be messy. But uh, I enjoy um, a dice pool mechanic where you have a 50-50 chance of succeeding on each die and then you need an X amount of successes for a thing. Uh, I quite enjoy that. Uh, those two are probably my, my. Well, I should give some more context to the two 6 from uh, the park by the Apocalypse Engine. So basically, the thing is, you have three different possible results. So if you roll six or less, you utterly fail and shit will get worse. Uh, seven to nine, you get something you some of some of what you wanted, or you get what you wanted, but there is a cost for something like that, and then 10+, plus you get what you wanted, and then some. So that's those two uh, come to mind. Uh,
0: How about yourself, Lloyd?
1: If I was going to pick a dice mechanic that I absolutely love, I'm kind of a little bit torn as to what I would go for. I would have to pick the Lady Blackbird, roll a whole bunch of dice, three, four, five successes, one, two, three failures. Because of the way you pick the dice, because you normally go, you grab one dice for free, then the traits are using, then dice according to what named tags you're using. I like that because it shows what mechanic you're using for each one and rolling it. And also, it's all just D6s. So it's not like Cortex where you have different size dice. You're just rolling nothing but D6s in one go. And one, two, three failures, four successes. So that's what i to go with that one.
0: I, I, think, I think for me, I mean, th- th- this might be a bit of a Cheeks. So it's not solely a dice mechanic. But you know that um, 7th Sea game you ran for us, Lloyd? Mm-hmm. I, I, I okay. quite... I quite yeah I mean I quite liked although I wasn't sold on the system as a whole I quite like the idea that uh, you sort of outlined your plan then you like had your dice pool that you apportioned to like pulling off various bits of the plan and you sort of spent your successes on it so you might be like okay we're going to we're going to knock out one of the guards, we're going to sneak into the base, we're going to steal this idol, we're going to hide it in a cart, we're going to get out, we're going to go down to the docks, get aboard our ship, sail away, happy days. You roll your dice pool, as far as I remember, then you apportion the successes to see which bits you do automatically, so it sort of speeds over them, because you've succeeded. And it's the bits where things get a bit more complicated, or a bit more difficult than you actually play, you play out. I thought as a way of sort of like zooming out and getting like an overview of the action and then just like zooming into the interesting bits. I thought that was quite a sort of ingenious way of doing it.
1: Oh, I take it. That's on point.
0: Okay, so if no one has anything else on dice mechanics, how about non-dice system? I've sort of pretty much covered mine because seventh C like dice and non dice sort of together. So how about you okay. guys?
2: Uh, For me, it's going to be Nobilis. That is is a game uh, which is fairly obscure. (laughs) So, Nobilis is a diceless game where you play uh, these humans or other creatures that have been imbued with parts of reality, and now you are guardians of those aspects of reality. So you could be Uh, the the embodiment and thus the guardian of all toasters in the world, and the concept of toaster being. uh, And um, uh, you have different like resource things to do stuff, uh, mostly related to your areas of of responsibility in, in reality. So if you were the toaster god, you could do toaster miracles
0: okay i mean I think for another one for myself, i'd probably go for anything like the the tags in power by the Apocalypse games or aspects in fate and like some of the tags that like Lady Blackbird uses, anything that allows you to describe an element of your character in a way that affects the rules but do it using words rather than just pure numbers so obviously I know you need numbers in like most role playing games, but I do like games where they allow you to be a little more descriptive using, like, tags and aspects, but still have it have, like, a mechanical impact on the game.
1: So what about about yourself, then, Lloyd? I'm a little bit torn on this, because I don't know what non-dice system would really, like, be 100% appealing, but after playing Penny for My Thoughts, which is a psychological game where we use coins, pretty much. Not to flip to give things away i would say that would be be it for me because that even now that game was like 10 years ago and i still get flashbacks from that mechanical system and i'm very glad it uses coins i've given out and not dice because dice would have ruined that game for me
0: okay right so the next question is which game do you hope to play again so lloyd
1: you know what i i love mouse guard to freaking bits! I have played it twice in my entire life. No one is playing Mouse Guard. I want more Mouse Guard. Need Mouse God. Hey man, if if you if you
0: run it, I'll play it. Yeah.
1: No, I want to play it. I want to okay. play it. Okay. Well, Lloyd, uh, I do have Mouse Guard on the shelf there, so I, 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 want it, I want it to be run by someone who doesn't like Burning Wheel, please. If that's okay with you, I'd know. Gonna... I'm, I'm, I don't want you to taint it with your burning love. Okay, so John, I think that's that's about it, so we can wrap up the <laughs> game Right here. The burning wheel love. Uh, have
0: Okay, so what game do you hope to play again, Johannes? Uh,
2: Ten Candles. Which Damn! Is, yeah. Uh, this is an intense game. <laughs> um, so, Ten Candles. Uh, it is a game where the the world is is sort of ending or it it has ended. You you sort of like play in the middle of the end of the world, um, and the the details of the end of the world are uh, there. Like there is no like default setting. There's some stuff in the materials uh, which you can pick and construct your sort of situation, and uh, the. The characters in that game are built on these like index cards. So you get like four or five—I forget which, uh, which uh, you get, but um, like let's say five index cards. Uh, one of which is like what's your uh, occupation and uh, what's uh, like your greatest regret or whatever and like things like this. And you construct your character with these uh, index cards. You write on each card and then you stack them in a specific order uh, and um, that's your character sheet and you can use uh, the thing that's on top that you can see right now, you can use that to sort of influence uh, a, a die roll in the game, uh, of which there isn't like that many uh, It's uh, the game is played as long as these ten candles from the name uh, are still burning so at least one of them uh, so you get uh, 10 tea light candles, you light them all up, and you put them in the middle of the table, and you get a bowl of, of some material that is not flammable, preferably. And um, you put the bowl in the middle of the candles, and then you go around the table, each person stating uh, a, a, a true fact about the game uh, and uh, having a scene, basically. Like you, Each one uh, gets to describe a scene, people can be in that scene, so it's not just you doing stuff on your own. Um, and um, when you fail, or it, I forget like which things you roll for in the game, because I've just played it once and it was quite intense and uh, my memory is somewhat jumbled. Uh, when you roll and you maybe roll once each turn, and uh, there's a mechanic whereby if you roll and the dice that are not successes, those get removed, and the dice pool that you rolled gets like, moved on to the next player, and uh, they have to roll with less dice, because you rolled and some of the dice that you rolled didn't succeed. So there's a, like an inbuilt spiral uh, into the game whereby someone is going to fail eventually, at which point one of the the handles gets uh, snuffed out. And um, people can burn their character sheets to get like re-rolls or whatever in the game. So you have like four index cards or five index cards. I could burn one of my things. So I'm literally like burning parts of my character to like try and succeed uh, in in the game. And um, there... uh, I forget if it was a part of the game but we made we made a recording at the very beginning of the game. Uh, like each of us sort of like talking in character to uh, a mobile phone, which was recording. Sort of like uh, like a found footage type of thing. So we, you record that bit in the beginning. And uh, it's sort of like where the game starts and the characters are still like mostly together people uh, and their uh, thoughts and feelings at the start of the game. And once all the characters uh, will get burned somewhat and all the candles get snuffed uh, then the the game sort of tells you to like turn out the lights so there's just darkness and then you play out the thing that you recorded like four hours before like where you started and where you ended up so the contrast at the end of the game it, the game has a lot of like ritual in it like there's a structure to things how you do them you burn the things and um, you make these recordings very Different and intense experience, I have to say. Uh, we had uh, one first-time role player when we played that thing, and I think he left a, a fairly like memorable <laughs> uh, impression on her uh, when we played that. So uh, I I didn't run the game; I was a player, uh, and I would love to play Ten Candles again because it was it was weird
0: and remarkable. Cool. Um so i mean i think for myself um i I, you you'll know this janice i spoke about it recently um although i've run a lot of lamentations of the flame princess i haven't actually really played one session of it which is one ian christensen ran recently um another one of these sort of like early morning sessions i like to like punish myself Mm -hmm. with but really enjoyed that and I, i think it does help to to play games that you're running and I would love to have a go at actually playing some a bit more lamentations, just to see it from the player's perspective a little bit more. Okay, anyone else got anything on games you hope to play again?
1: No, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's
0: done. Okay, question 24: Which RPG do you think deserves greater recognition? Lloyd?
1: Dread. Not enough people like Mordor's great. I love it. Love it a bit. But there's not enough people who understand the power of playing a horror game using Jenga. I feel it's time we brought that back into the world. And I feel it's time we tried it out. I think that game deserves a lot more recognition than already has. People need to try it out. It's a horror game. You play with a Jenga tile, and whenever you're trying to do anything, you pull the Jenga tile out. If the whole thing falls down, your character dies. That simple. Easy enough game. Great horror game. Not enough people play it. Everyone knows about it. None of people play
0: it. Okay. How about yourself, Johannes? Mm.
2: Well, my first instinct is to go Burning Wheel, but I don't want to harp on Burning Wheel in like every question. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I I think it's going to be mummy the curse for nice. Chronicles of Darkness because I think mummy caused a lot of people to go what? <laughs> much like Ray did back in the day uh, and I, I think mummy is brilliant and uh, I'm really looking forward to, they have announced it they're making a second edition of mummy uh, Oh, nice. and, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that
0: Okay, I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I'd love to hear a slightly cleaned up version of um, *Mummy the Curse* because I, I love some of the ideas in it. But again, some of the mechanics were a bit, a, a bit much for me. But uh, um, in terms of an RPG, I think it deserves greater recognition. I would say it's *Children of the Fall* from Frenzy Kitty Games, and I, I got sent a review copy of this, and it's one of these sort of storyteller, sort of GM-less games, a bit like *Fiasco*. But the the scenario is you play in a sort of post-apocalyptic scenario where there's been, like, this disease released. And when people get to sort of adulthood, it turns them into these, like, horrendous, sort of, like, rage fueled like, monster zombies. So the only people of, like, any intelligence and, like, rational thought are sort of young children and teens. And you basically play one of these young children trying to survive in this sort of new world knowing that sooner or later when you hit a certain age that disease is going to get you but because it's a, a storytelling game you sort of like construct the settlement that your survivors live in and what resources they have as a group and then you sort of play out selected scenes that your character and other characters get involved in so you might be trying to scavenge something and something untoward happens uh, i think that could, that's a really intriguing setting and I'd love to see... Well, I'd love to play some of that, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to see that get a bit of greater recognition. Okay, guys, so... Johannes, name a game that has had an impact on you in the last year. Oh... oh. Uh,
2: Blades in the Dark is one game. John Harper, um... Uh, You play a crew of scoundrels in a sort of, like, Victorian-esque, steampunk-ish, haunted setting. Uh, There's a lot of hacks for it coming up. Uh, So that's one game, and I think... Hmm... Well, we don't need to spend too much time on this. So, like, Blaze in the Dark, basically. Uh, I think there's a lot of great design in that game, from downtime actions to, like, creative interpretation of, like, what
1: the player character abilities actually mean.
0: Nice. Okay, Lloyd, how about yourself?
1: I'm going to counter what you just said and go scum and villainy. So, it's blaze in the dark, 100%, except it's in
0: space. With blaze, it's space. <laughs> in
1: space. And it is freaking like, the problem with blaze in the dark, right, is that you're playing thieves. You're playing criminals, you've got demon summoning stuff. You're supposed to be all, like, in the shadows and stuff, and then- And like, you know, those stories are cool, but they always lead to, like, dark endings. horrible things happen to you. Whereas- you like... Don't-, don't stop. Whereas, if you call it scum and freaking villainy, and you set it in space, you go straight from playing, like, Locke Nomura, and you go straight to Star Wars. And that is a way more fun setting. Way more hilarious, way more silly, way more exciting. It just works, like, a million times better. Scum and villainy is everything I wanted a blaze in the dark to be. But it wasn't.
0: Okay, so staying with the theme of, sort of, like, darker games, I'm going to go... F- my choice is for coin and blood which is an osr game and it's basically an osr game that pretty much goes oh well you know having like a lot of D&D games uh, people are supposed to be playing heroic adventurers and they end up playing basically mass murderers and sort of shady thieves and stuff like that for coin and blood just sort of says right well let's just start let's not not sugarcoat it let's just start with that concept and it espouses a more sort of I don't want to say realistic world, but a more sort of grim world where your characters are part of like a, a syndicate effectively. And you're like playing like the the black guards and the thieves and the tyrants and stuff like that. And it's all about you working your way up within this sort of syndicate in in a, in a slightly darker version of a traditional D and D world and sort of getting yourself to the top of that sort of organization. So you're like the criminal mastermind effectively. And, it's very familiar sort of OSR mechanics, but it has quite some quite cool stuff in, like for how you can advance in organisations and extra stuff you can get. And I just thought it was like a very interesting spin, sort of taking the the traditional sort of D and D style game, turning it on its head, but sort of saying, well, actually, this is sort of what a lot of people end up playing anyway. But let's like hard bake that into the session and into the setting.
2: Yeah, I've got that as well. Uh, really good stuff
0: in it. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a game I'd I'd love to run at some point in the future.
1: Strangely, that game is not on my gaming my gaming show. How weird,
0: huh? I'll that, that, like OSR, Lloyd. It's not written on the back of like a, a postage stamp or an envelope. Or... Hey,
1: hey, that, I don't like that game not because it's OSR. I don't like that game because it's too dark. That's, that's...
0: Games can never be too dark, Lloyd. I'm so weird. Okay, so my weirdness aside, Lloyd, what's your gaming ambition for the next year?
1: Well, I've done Gen Con now, so that's out of the way. <laughs> um, honestly, it is to double the amount of people I have at Games on the Man. After doing Gen Con and seeing how those boys roll. And those boys roll Gen Con Games on the Man boys roll hard. I mean like I was like, oh, man, I bet it's not going to be too different. I mean, there must be some reason. Because they were like, follow me if you want to know how to play games. And I was like, oh, my God. It is, like, way better than anything I thought about. I would like, I would kill for their numbers. I would like to double the amount of people I have in to 50 people playing games at Games of the Man that UK Games at all. That's all. That, that's my goal for next, next year. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to need a lot of GMs. I mean, we're talking a lot of GMs. But that's
0: what I want. I want to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think th- I think that's absolutely cool. and that is a, a lot to blame. I mean, I think for myself, my, my gaming ambitions are probably a, a little bit humbler. Uh, to be honest, I'd just like to be able to find more time to be able to like run more games because I- I've had to like trim down the amount of games I'm running. At the moment, to the point where I'm, I'm, literally just like running the one campaign. But as I said earlier on, I've always got like more ideas for games, so I'd like to do some more one shots. I'm, I'm looking at running some stuff for like Com Plus One. Obviously, I still want to be involved in like games on demand next year. I'd just like to be able to to run more games effectively. That'd be my ambition. Okay, so week five, guys. Last week, last five questions. Come on. Woo! final burst of energy okay Let's so question 27 is share a great stream or actual play
1: happy jack's rpg podcast do actual plays and they have one for the fourth edition of legend of five rings i highly recommend if you Legend of five rings is about to drop Dragon can drop hard on the stores so if you want to try and check that game out and you want to know how the world is like maybe not the rules highly recommend that game Give it a shot, see how they play, it, because Leather Five Rings is less about the rules and more about the setting.
0: I'd say for myself, um, any sort of games that Andre Martinez runs, I know he's he's getting he's getting into his like new edition of like Vampire quite hard. He runs quite a lot of D and D, and just like the he does like quite a lot on his like Dark Vision channel, um, the the amount of energy that that and sort of like Love and sort of energy that that guy puts into his games just makes that, and and I'm lucky enough to play in a few. Just shines through in the games he runs, whether it's D and D Vampire or whatever. Or I mean, he was he was one of the reasons why I originally started playing uh, the FFG Star Wars game, just because he bought that setting and that game to life so much for me even though i only played in a couple of his games because i watched a few of the games he'd run and just the sheer like i say love of the hobby and effort he puts into his games i think really shines through
2: so for me um, i don't watch that many streams or live plays but i do listen to a lot of them while at work and uh I just have a lot of them on the background. But um, I think one of the first that I actually followed to any consistent degree was one of the earlier uh, roleplay uh, campaigns from ItMeJP on uh, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there was a Shadowrun run. I think first edition campaign uh, ran by Adam Kogel and some <clears throat> fairly like prominent YouTubers uh, as as the player characters. Uh, the thing is, uh, Shadowrun. I think <laughs> the, we probably all have our opinions about Shadowrun as a system, um, but the game evolved uh, due to the Interests of the people playing it into this sort of like weird situation where, like, it was about people who should not ever be shadow running in their lives, like, they're not suitable for it, uh, and they're more about um, having friendships <laughs> and whatever. And uh, it was uh, an in contrast with the way that you imagine Shadowrun to be, which is. Oh, we're like trench coat ninjas in the shadows, and I also have magic. Uh, (laughs) And instead it turned into like this relationship simulator thing. Uh, And I I, I quite enjoyed that. You can look it up on uh, YouTube, It's Me JP, and the campaign was called Mirror Shades. I really enjoyed that.
1: Also, I know Adam Cobb was a really nice guy in person. He was actually really nice. It was just so humble and chill, I was like, wow. Anyway, carry on. No, I, I, was, I was
2: done. So I think we're done with the, the 27,
0: yeah? Yeah, I mean, so, I think I think 28, um, Whose who's inspiring gaming excellence you're grateful for, um, sort of overlaps a little bit. I mean, obviously already covered some mentioning Andre, um, another person who plays in the, the D&D games that Andre runs whose role I always enjoy is a guy called John Poland who plays a character called a sort of Harveling Thief star character called Fitzpatrick Weatherby who is a follower of Time Aura, like the goddess of luck and I think with with Harveling certainly in my experience it's very easy to play them as sort of like jokey sort of like you know some, almost like leprechaun-esque style like cat Tricksters, whereas um, even before I was playing in the game with that character, having watched some of the actual plays, the amount of sort of like, range of emotions he gets with that character, uh, and he, se- he always seems to bring that sort of level of like energy and intensity. To other characters I've seen in play. So I think John Poland would certainly be my pick for. I always find the way he sort of role plays his characters quite inspiring for myself. And it always makes me want to sort of like step my own characters up to match that. How
1: about you, Jonas? Johannes?
2: I don't know if I have an answer to this because I don't necessarily work this way. I don't, I, I don't know if I think about this at all. <laughs> um, obviously there's people I really enjoy playing with but gaming excellence makes me think something else which I don't know if I have an actual answer for. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, as a cheap answer Uh, everyone who's run a game because I really appreciate uh, people who run games and sometimes it's pretty hard to do that and I think it's an excellent thing whenever someone does so whether it's at a convention doing games on demand like you crazy people do and um or if it's just uh, a home game uh, with your family and friends. So yeah, that's my cheap answer to that. I don't have an actual
0: answer. So. It's all good, man. How about yourself, Lloyd?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm about to answer, about. Are you sure you guys can't think of anyone else who's inspiring gaming excellence you did before? Anyone, guys? No, guys?
0: no, I think that's about it.
1: Guys, are you sure you can't think of anyone else? Guys? yeah. Guys? Yeah, come guys, anyone? Anyone? Wow. So Adam Adam Cole
2: is pretty
1: good. Oh, you're dead to <laughs> me! <laughs> okay, if I had to pick one person who's gaming excellence, I'm grateful for it. It's probably gonna be a guy called Lowell Francis, who runs games for the conflict Lowell, Lowell is, Lowell I feel is white me, but with more restrictions. All the games he runs and the way he runs them, I'm always like, oh man, that's exactly how I would do it. Like, it's crazy, I get my, I'm like, wait, how did you do that? I gotta steal that and I basically steal his stuff that he uses for it. He makes, he writes a blog called Age of Ravens that was up for Emmys and everything. Oh yeah, man, like, yeah, he I know that. Yeah, he like, he like does a lot of Fate stuff, does a lot of Blazing of Dark stuff, he's writing his own BTB system called Legends of Wulin. Like he's putting a lot of effort in, like all of the stuff that he does, I'm always like, wow, boy, I wish I was that cool. He's like a better role-playing version of me. And I'm always like, oh man, I gotta learn all this stuff again. Listen, and I got to see him at Gen Con for five seconds before he left me. Bastard, but like it was really cool, and like one of those things I was starstruck because Lowell's games are always amazing, and I never get in them. That's fancy.
0: Okay, so then Lloyd, how about a friendship you have because of RPGs? Question 29.
1: John, John, it's you, John, it's (laughs) you, Mr. (laughs) Darcy. Just take just just, just... well, actually, it's a perfectly logical subject. Like, I wouldn't have games on demand if you hadn't decided to like jump in on top of it you and wits i would have been doing it by myself and running game like when i mean the reason why we are friends is because your wife came up to me three years like four years ago at dragon beats and randomly handed me a token with your name on it and went you should listen to my husband's podcast it's so i don't know why she sounds like that she does my head this is my husband's like youtube channel he does a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like who are you woman well, but she came and did that and then i got to know who you were and it's been a roller coaster ride because of that so, I, if I'm going to mention a French about my husband because veggies, I'm going to mention you, like, easily. Because out of everyone else, that was natural. Yours yeah. was...
0: I, and, I, and I mean, cool. wh- wh- what can I say, man? You, you're the only... You, you're one of the few people who's, like, visited my home and left, like, a lasting impact. And by that, I mean, I've still got, like, two jars of, like, lemon and passion fruit curd in the fridge.
1: Is that still in the fridge? Yeah, of course it is. Eat the thing! No, I am mean, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for you. It's curd. It lasts for ages. You could have...
1: To the UK, UK Games Expo.
0: I know, but I keep forgetting. I'll bring, i bring you in, in the future. Oh my
1: god! Just eat it.
0: <laughs> so, and I, I mean, just to expand upon that. I mean, I think everyone I sort of game with regularly. I mean, obviously we're we're not friends in the case of like we don't see each other every day and stuff like that. But as we were saying earlier, I think if you if you game regularly with someone, it's because you you enjoy their company, you enjoy their style of play, etc. So I pretty much say that not only would my would my circle of, sort of gamers be smaller if I didn't do like the online gaming, but certainly like the people who I regard as friends now has expanded to like people in like other countries. I mean people are people John are ma-
1: John, John, you had to mention a single name. There's not, not this cop out answer. You gotta you gotta mention someone. It's gotta be someone else.
0: Alright, I've got to, I've got.
1: You've got to pick someone to mention. I'm sorry, I will not accept a cop-out answer for this one. This is a friendship question. You've got to pick someone.
0: Uh, okay, in which case, I'm going to say Rob Davis. Oh, cool. Because b- both myself and Rob, we have very different ideas about what makes a good game. We, we both tend to run different systems... Um, we were both in different time zones he's obviously over in nova scotia i'm over here in the uk but because we've sort of met in that sort of space in between where as we were saying earlier where you're all on the same sort of playing field because of rpgs it got us talking about the differences between our two games rather than sort of going oh well i like this and you're wrong or well i like this and you're wrong it got us like talking about those differences and we still like even if we're not playing so many games with each other now, we still like chat on like social media and stuff like that, which wouldn't have happened without RPGs. And obviously, goes without saying yourself as well, Lloyd, because we wouldn't have met without RPGs. I
1: think it's fair, but it's fine you mentioned Rob's name, know, that's okay.
0: Don't... You know, don't do, do, do you get into two yourself,
1: man. Huh? That's fine. How about you, Johannes? Who are you going to mention? No cop-out answers like last time, Johannes. It's going to be a name. It doesn't have to be mine. It's well, right. I, I'll
0: accept it.
2: I, I'm going to say what? Uh, on the condition that he agrees to play Burning Wheel with me.
1: Uh, never in my fucking life.
2: Great. So, next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. Basically, it's uh, most of the people that I play w- with uh, in like face-to-face games, I've been acquainted with and/or friends with uh, before we started playing, or we met playing board games. So it, I don't think uh, I actually have too many of those that I became friends with because of RPGs. There was something else before that, and then we <laughs> then once. Uh, we were like, well, I, I guess we're sort of friends now. And then I was probably like, behold, my uh, whole stack of books on the shelf. These are weird.
0: <laughs> to, to be fair, man, I was expecting you to say, like, oh, when you first met your wife, you, your eyes met across a burning wheel <laughs> source book.
2: No, no, no. We were, we were playing, um, what's, what's it called? Uh, Dead of Winter, actually. Oh, I don't know uh, that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: That's um, and terrible.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think we, we died horribly. So <laughs> that was yeah. important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, people that i played with, essentially, like my entry into this whole thing, the reason why I'm here is because Jason was starting a Shadows of Estrin campaign, and I randomly noticed jason's video about that like hey i'm starting this thing uh on youtube and i commented on youtube hey i would i really enjoy shadows of estrin i would like to play says random man and um it's sort of spiraled in from there so i kind of became friends with jason's friends which includes john and then now i've been playing with john a lot so i've like (laughs) become become friends with uh the people that John plays with, excluding, of course, Lloyd Jan here, because we, uh, apparently, there there is a, a great big burning wheel between us, and it's just, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Okay, so the next question, question 30, is share something you've learned about playing your character. Again, I think this is a bit of a vague question. I, I'd be lying if I said I was entirely sure what it means, but... Mhm.
1: We can tackle it anyway. Um, I can go first if you like. Yeah, go for it. I learned that my idea of fun is not everyone else's ideas of fun. And when I make my character and I'm going inside and playing it, I have to remember that other people may not enjoy the thing I do the same way I do. Gaming has made me a bit more empathic. Emphatic. Blah, I can the word. Empathetic empathetic on the... Is it just empathetic? That seems weird. Empathetic about the way people feel. And oh, sorry. Sorry, it's em-
0: empathic.
1: Oh, my God! And every time I play my character, I have to remember that other people have feelings too. And that's the thing I learned about playing my character.
0: I, I, think, I think the thing I've learned about from playing various characters is that, like, every every person, every character... Has their their sort of core beliefs that they that they won't budge on. So most people are like fairly flexible on a number of different things, but I think everyone has a few things that they will not budge on. And if you try and sort of push them beyond that, they they will react in sort of often extreme ways. It was like uh, in the in the game that um, Ian Christensen ran for um, for Lamentation of the Flame Princess I was talking about earlier we we basically were in like an Innsmouth style village, you know, sort of Deep Ones, cultists, the works. And um, we found out that these ceremonies resulted in like these like Deep One hybrids, these like half-breed like children. And one of the people we came across, and what they used to do is he used to like kill all these children, throw them into a burial pit, along with like any sacrifices. We One of the people we were introduced to was an NPC, It was like a young woman from the village, who was pregnant with one of these like half-Deep One children. And she was trying to escape because she didn't want a child to get killed. And I, I, I was like playing sort of like a, a gruff, tough, like fighting character who'd sort of like come from a background where we like he'd had to like, look after his sick mother and stuff like that. And we got to a point where like other people were like, "Oh, we've got more important things to do than like save this woman." Like, other NPCs were like, "Oh yeah, we've got to go and get this gold. We'll worry about the woman later." and it was that point with, with my character where I was just like, as far as he's concerned the most important thing here is like getting this woman out of this village, saving her and her kid and then we'll like worry about everything else and it was that sort of like one little thing that that character would not budge on so they, they could say whatever they want and he was like, no, I'm making sure this woman and her kid get to safety, then I'll worry about anything else so I think that's what I've learnt from playing various characters
1: Cool
2: uh, like I answered like two hours ago to a different question uh, I think you learn a lot about uh, social interaction in general uh, as you play games uh, if you're willing to at least and uh, what have I learned about playing my character uh, Praise Dagon. I yeah, yeah, I've learned that Dagon is the bestest. No, um, I've learned, well, this is, well, the question is, is kind of wonky, but um, well, um, I have learned that RPGs can sometimes be used, whether consciously or un, like subconsciously, uh, by some people as a, as a form of therapy, uh, which, when done uh, without prior consent from the other people at the table, is, is not a good thing to do. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I was playing in a game where that sort of happened. So, but from like someone else uh, was playing and they didn't realize that they were actually doing it and that caused a fair bit of quoi <laughs> to happen. So, um, yeah, uh, RPGs uh, as, a, as a form of
0: relaxation, great.
2: Actual therapy, you're gonna need a, a professional for that
0: okay so last question guys and this is share why you take part in rpg a day and i'm going to jump in first on this and i would say to me i've participated in the the last sort of two or three years rpg a day um sort of releasing it on youtube so sort of doing one video a day whereas obviously we're just doing them all in one in a podcast this time now i honestly wasn't going to to do it this year just purely because I find trying to put out a video each day is a very difficult to do. So I'll end up like recording a load or missing some, and then having to run to catch up. And also, I, I find just sort of I find sort of just me sitting talking to a, a camera about sort of what I like about RPGs. a a little bit self-indulgent i mean i don't mind sort of like doing like a quick video i'm ranting about something or doing a podcast episode or doing like a review or something but just me sort of like going right here's 31 or whatever videos of me just talking about shit i like i I found a bit self-indulgent and i often struggle to think of like things to say whereas one of the advantages of the way we're doing it this time although it's like say it's all jammed together is when i suggested Or is there anyone up for recording an episode of the podcast with me? And Johanna suggested, why don't we do the RPG a day stuff? What made me interested in it was the fact that it wasn't just going to be myself, sort of sitting in like the echo chamber, sort of spieling off what I like. I was going to be able to like listen to what you guys were saying, and that would also give me some other ideas for stuff that maybe I wouldn't have considered otherwise. And that's a sort of microcosm of what I like about RPGs. It's. Getting multiple people all to sort of like put things into the mix and making something that's greater than the sum of its parts.
1: Um, I would like to say, why I take part in RPG a day, I don't. I don't take part in RPG a day. I'm literally being, boy- being forced by chains to do it today. Literally that. I, I'm sorry, I just don't do it because I can't be bothered. Yeah, w- I, yeah we, 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 we,
0: we had to force Lloyd into the chains, that's how that worked.
1: Literally how it happened. <laughs>
0: Chain boy. It, it's it's just one of these days, Lloyd's just Lloyd's gonna accept that he's like a black version of me. So
1: that is never going to happen. <laughs> one thing you don't have, my, one thing you don't have my hair.
0: It, true. I, I also lack the sultry voice, but you know I, I can dream, Lloyd. I can dream. <laughs> okay, what so what, you,
1: Go on, run us off.
0: Take us home. Uh...
2: <laughs> it's, like song song. It, it, it's not the the fireworks that's supposed to be at the end of a, a marathon like this. That I'm I'm here because I wanted to do a podcast thing with John, and I couldn't think of other topics of like that I could just spout random shit about when I'm tired. <laughs> so, so this this is what, this is what I came
1: up with. So much.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I'll, I'll make it up to you, somehow, one day. Maybe I'll uh, run some games on demand. Wink, wink. Uh,
1: no, you won't. you have to come to... Uh, actually, what, if you come to fucking UK Games Expo, I will have a bed ready for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: and... Uh, take, take, take my advice, yeah.
0: Johannes, don't fall for that line. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it always ends in tears.
2: Uh, at the end, Lloyd's just going to take me to, uh, like, a dark alleyway and take out the pistol, put the silencer in and be like, that was fun, but this is for burning wheel. <laughs> 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 I'll never be heard from again. <laughs>
0: but in all seriousness, I, I do think RPG Day does have, especially for like people who are maybe a bit newer to sort of like the whole YouTube or like podcast thing, it is quite useful because you can watch even if you don't watch all the videos that people put out you can watch some of them and you can sort of get an insight into what people's likes and dislikes are to do with rpgs and i think to be honest that for the people who produce the questions it must be quite i mean like i said this is the fifth year it must be quite difficult each year to come up with a different spread of questions without just endlessly repeating yourselves and yeah as we've said some of the questions this year they're a little bit ambiguous or they're a little bit difficult to answer or they repeat themselves a bit but i think inevitably that's bound to happen as it sort of like goes on but i I do still think it's useful and it's nice for sort of getting a a view of what other people are liking and not liking in the world of rpgs so do you you two guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up this marathon rpg 2018 that's right
1: Yes, um, it's been a fantastic three hours of my life that I will treasure always, <laughs> and I love that I've spent it with the both of you. Thank you very much, and, uh, and hopefully you won't get voicemails this time. <laughs> <laughs> did yes. you did you ever get hunted down by uh, OSR people? By the way, at the no, icon. that's not so dragon meat, so I'm good. I yeah. mean, yeah. hey, if the OSR people who who are coming to the guy who did, I think it was Colin or something, yeah, Colin, come dragon and come say hello. I'll buy you a pint if you're listening to this at this point.
0: Well, I did say to Colin, I was like, well, I probably won't find it too difficult to track Lloyd down since I'm normally staying with him when I'm down at Dragon Meet. So
2: <laughs> I just steer my head out
0: the door. Where's Lloyd? The, oh, there he is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hopefully do some Dragon Meet. And like I say, it, it's always nice to like meet people in person as well. So... If you've listened to this Mammoth podcast, which I may, split, I may split up afterwards, I'm not sure, I'll see how it goes. But hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Thanks to Johannes and thanks to Lloyd for joining me on this. And I'm going to end the recording now, so we'll see you later. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Bye, guys
0: so that's it for this episode if you have any questions or suggestions for things you'd like to see in the podcast in future please either email them to reddicediaries at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail at anchor until i see you next time wherever you're playing take care and enjoy yourselves